Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode four twenty nine, and Paul Rutherford from ScanPower. And I've had Paul on before, and we talk about that. Um, as part of my no pitch uh, series here, I'm doing a no pitch series because, you know, we got enough challenges going on. I've recorded this a while ago, but we it wasn't really happening, um, this full pandemic thing. But we we, we had some reference to it. Um, they, they have a great program and it gives me a discount and you get a, a longer money back guarantee. But, you know, you shouldn't be buying these things unless you're ready to advance your business. Now, I use it because it can do my cost of goods. It can do our inventory. I can see profit and analysis by shipment, by product, by all the things that um, that you can find from Inventory Lab. I've used Inventory Lab, too. I ran in parallel. And for me, um, just because I've been with ScanPower forever, it didn't make sense for me to move. Um, they didn't offer anything that ScanPower didn't. So, you know, if you have a home, then and stay with it, whatever you know. But if you're interested in it, um, just message me and and I'll have that for you. But I'm not I'm not going to pitch in this one. It's a really good, uh, interesting. Uh, some of the things that he gives as ideas about how to get through challenging times and and action steps. Take advantage of them. You got some downtime, or you're struggling like we are, just looking at TV and the news all the time. Pull away from it and work on your business, work on yourself also. So let's get into the podcast and Paul Rutherford. And welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Very excited about today's return guest. Uh, we are both a lot older because we have not spoken. Get ready, Paul. September 28th of 2015. Paul Rutherford from ScanPower. Welcome back, Paul. Hey, Stephen. Thanks for having me. I can't believe it's been that long. I can't believe um, it. Blew my mind. I was like, you know, it's been a, been a year or two. I mean, literally, because I see, a, you know, every conference or whatever, and I'm like, oh, it's been a year or two. Yeah, we got to get together. Blew my mind. Well, you must have a, a thousand podcasts. No, nah, I'm up to, I'm getting closer to the 500 number. Not, not quite a thousand. I uh, appreciate that. I will get to a thousand. Um, last time Chris uh, Green and I talked about that, I said, yeah, I can see episode 1000. I'm like excited about it, you know, and it's, uh, it gets to be a grind sometimes just because of time, because life happens and, and that part. But man, it's just, you talk to people, I get enthused. It's like the conference we were at, right? Both of us were down at the unconference. It wasn't really a conference, right? Um, but how enthusiastic are the sellers that were there? I mean, think about that. Oh, they're, they're just excited to have, you know, this incredible business, you know, Amazon, love them or hate them, they've created a marketplace where, you know, millions of people can get involved in starting and running and growing small businesses. And a lot of them, especially those that we met at the Young Conference, have large businesses. So it, it's just an exciting time to be uh, working for yourself and kind of going after opportunities that you might not have in you know, your previous professional life or whatnot. And um, e even though you know, the weather didn't cooperate as much as we liked, it was a little cool down there, it, it was still just so good to see everyone. And everyone's positive and everyone is there to help. So um, yeah, it's, 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 a good, it's a good time to be alive. Yeah, you were definitely one of the men of the hour. Um, I never saw you without a crowd, um, which is pretty cool because 
I know, I mean, it's funny, as in a pre-conference call, we were talking a little bit about this. You, you're not far from the bottom and not far from the top, right? I mean, you like, you know, you and Chris have the company, and yet people have access to you. You know, that to me is so rare today. You know, there's so many layers um, to get to somebody who can literally make a decision. And, you know, and I find myself, I need help. I mean, I'm, I'm at a place I need help. I can message and boom, I actually get a reply. And it's like, oh my gosh, uh, unlike my podcast company, which I've had trouble with, massive trouble, and the owner's a friend. And it's just like you fight through their system and it's, it's just, it hurts so much. So as a seller, when you can actually get somebody's ear and say, you know, these are the challenges I'm up against, Paul, you know, and then you sit back and you're like, huh, let me see if I can figure out. I mean, how many times have all the improvements that you made to scan power, I mean, you're probably going to say every time, come from sellers? Well, that's that's what I was going to say. Uh, Duh, you know, Steve. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> first of all, um, and I said this last year at the unconference because um, Elizabeth Thompson wanted me to meet with a group of people who um, had similar needs to theirs but weren't using scan power and had some concerns. And so we sat down in a room and, you know, they asked questions and I, you know, gave honest answers about what we could do, what we couldn't do. Um, but my introduction was, you know, scan power initially could come up with some of the, the best and brightest features for sellers because, you know, we, we knew the marketplace almost as well as some of our customers. But that hasn't been the case for a very <laughs> long time. It's, it's no longer possible for me or my staff or, you know, to come up with the best features for our products because we're not in the trenches in the same way that the sellers are. And so a lot of those little powwows that you saw me having down in Florida were, you know, groups of sellers who have a feature request or have a better way of, you know, solving the problem. And so, I, you know, I'm, I spend a lot of time listening to feedback and then trying to, massage that into a good feature that works with all their existing features and isn't going to impact customers who don't want it and whatnot. But yeah, it's been a long time since, since we had the best ideas about what make, what makes our products great and what features they need. To me, that's kind of cool, isn't it? Like uh, I heard this from Dan uh, Wentworth said that to me yesterday. Ah, the student is teaching the master on something silly that we were chatting about, you know, and it's just so neat. I mean, you got to feel good is that you guys have helped develop those people or many of those people into the sellers that they are by making it easier, by giving me the capacity, right? I'm an old seller who've been with you guys a long time. You gave me more capacity. You gave me time. You bought me time, Paul. I couldn't do it. You were the silent employee who didn't call off. That's a big deal because <laughs> and you didn't give me grief and you didn't eat all the food or you didn't leave your water bottles half filled across my warehouse, which is making me insane right now from these boys. But it, it's the truth, though. You guys have helped develop our business. That's got to feel pretty stinking cool. It does. And, you know, like a lot of business relationships, it's hard. It's, it's hard to measure it. You know, if you're if you're looking back and you kind of visualize it, it's it's really just a whole bunch of people kind of walking hand in hand. That that sounds kind of kumbaya, but that's not my intention. It's it's you know, people learning, people growing together. And, you know, here we are, 
you know, 10 years later, dude, talking about 10 years later, six years later. And it's just, you know, it's humbling because you, you know how much work it took and you know that some, some people fell off the chain along the way. Um, but to see so many of us still around and, you know, mostly happy and, you know, just profiting from each other, you know, so again, I'm not trying to make it sound touchy feely, but you know, that's, I think we're all grateful that, you know, we, we had a chance to do this at this time and, and it's worked out well for a lot of people. Those of us who used to do the 30 up labels off of just doing them off of Amazon, (laughs) I'm telling you, I was telling the boys, we have a whole bunch of new employees and I was telling them, I said, guys, we would print these 30 up labels in my living room and we'd spread them out and we spread out the merchandise and we were buying onesies, twosies back then, you know, all the silly stuff and trying to read the seven characters and then try to match it up. And we would, we would do it by, we would narrow it down, right? The ones are, right, we're not sure. Let's leave it aside. And we just keep narrowing it down. Ah, this has to be that one. And we, it would take forever and forever and forever to do it. And we're so spoiled. I mean, spoils relative, but we've been paying for the service. We've, we've been so fortunate. I guess that is the right way to say it. We've been so fortunate to be able to, you know, to be part of it and have that, that, that ride along with you. So it's funny. Um, I'm uh, doing something different in my podcast now. And I told you in the pre-call is I'm endorsing certain, um, certain things, certain, um, certain groups I'm in because I watch over time. I pay for, there's a whole bunch of groups I pay for. And a lot of them, they give me for free and I don't hide that. They give it to me for free. They want me to look at it. And ideally they'd love me to promote it. You know, be honest, right? I get those all the time. Hey, could you promote this? Could you promote this? And generally, I, I don't, or if I don't, or if I do, I let you promote it yourself. And I'll be just like, you know, sure, go right ahead. I don't want anything. I don't want your money. Just go right ahead. I'll let you. And I always tell the listeners, is if you're if it's a good fit for you, that's awesome. You do well with it, whatever. But Scan Power, you know, I'm endorsing it because I'm a user. It's funny. We went back, and I asked Paul to go back and look, and, and the you said on this version, so it could be earlier, but at least we'll just call it this. January of 2014, I've been paying you guys for that long, Paul. I have put kids through college. I have paid for car payments, Paul. <laughs> I have, But you have bought me a beer here and there, or Chris has, so there is that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate that, and I, I think, you know, we didn't always know kind of what we were going to look like five or six years down the road, but... Um, it's it's these long-term relationships that that really work and um, yeah I mean FBA in 2014 you know it's kind of like looking back to your you know childhood when you come home from school and play outside and it seemed like it was four or five hours of, of just you know uninterrupted uh, fun times I mean that's you know, well, FBA has changed a lot since then. But. We were we've been FBA since 2011 because we still we have we have that secret daily payouts that they talk about. So we've been there. So imagine all that time in between there. I was doing it the really hard way, and so it was like magic, like unicorns and rainbows and stuff. When I found this, and I'm like, oh, they're printing my labels in this action. And then you added the the actual warehouse location. And I remember one of my big challenges at t- one point was f- before I did inventory placement. It was 14 different warehouses we had going. And back then, you didn't print the location on the label and so then it was like you know this pile is that you know i had right i actually had cardboard signs made for each warehouse that i would bring out and move towards each one and then you guys magically printed the little code on the label and it's like oh next level we went up a level like it's (laughs) like those little things i mean it's funny 
But those little things, and anybody who does a lot, and you know, especially if you do a lot of different SKUs, it's a big deal. Those little things make it easier because at my age, I forget things. And I'm like, okay, that's going to be my Phoenix. We sell a lot of shoes. So Phoenix is my the worst warehouse I send to because it's so expensive. And so mm-hmm. I'll put them over there. And then I'll put, okay, we're sending these to Indianapolis, right? And then all of a sudden, an Allentown pops in. All right, now I got three. And I'm like, ooh. And then I'm like, wait, was that Phoenix? Was that? And then I, it's like three seconds later, somebody asked me a question, and I've lost everything I had memorized. I can go back over the box, peek in there, and say, ah, PHX, or PH3, um, X3, I think it says. But it just tells me. And so little improvements like that are huge in this grand scheme of things. And I don't take it for granted. Those little improvements, which I'm sure was a programming, you know, it's a, it, one little change for you affects other things, right? You have to think through that. That's a big challenge. But for us, it's magic, literally magic. And they stack up, and then, hmm. you know, before you know it, the, the rate of items you pack per hour in your warehouse goes, you know, it goes up by a significant percentage. And, you know, I, I was down visiting with Kim and Perry Coughlin, you know, back in the fall, and seeing their warehouse set up and learning a lot about how to run an efficient warehouse and, you know, we, we probably spent an hour talking about, you know, really minute little things that, you know, brainstorming. How, how, would, how would removing a touch here increase the packing speed or the, the listing speed? And, you know, moving this button from one location to another. All of these things, you know, they're, they're so minute and, and really seemingly insignificant. It's just over time and with enough continuous improvement, you, you get something that's really powerful and that saves people, um, you know, incredible amount of time and maybe allows you to run your warehouse with one fewer person or allows you to hire another person and create a second line or, you know, scale. So, hmm. yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I was talking to a potential customer up here in Maine and um, his business is um, deals with funeral urns. Interestingly enough, and, mm. and must have been a scintillating to, conversation. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to wade into FBA, and he said, "So, how, you know, how does your software? How's it going to make this process easy?" And I and and I said, "Well, it's kind of hard to describe. It'd be easier to show you." But I said, "You know what? Just just go create your first shipment in Seller Central, and and get a sense for just." how challenging it is, you know, not to put someone in pain, but get, get a sense for how challenging it is when you're dealing with multiple SKUs and different quantities and, you know, printing labels and all that. And then I said, let's talk afterwards and then we can compare, you know, the difference between listing, you know, or, or packing with scan power and, and doing it through Seller Central. And I guess, you know, someplace, something like Amazon is, they're so large and they're so complicated and even though they have thousands and thousands of incredibly well-trained and competent engineers, you know, they're, they're still not addressing every seller's needs. And so well, they can't. there's always opportunities for third-party software providers like us to just, you know, really nail a specific process. You know, as you're talking, I was thinking about this. How different is it today than let's even say five years ago when we chatted um, and then even five years before that, as your business, because your stability, your system, I mean, at least to the 
to the user. Um, you know, way back, you guys had challenges, and you know, you ran out of servers, but whatever the challenges were way back in the day, and I'm like talking like I know what I'm talking about, um, versus today. So it's interesting to me that you could actually pause and spend time going to Perry and Kim's place or going to the Unconference and actually working on business development, which is really what that is, um, as opposed to that engineering side. And I mean, I guess I know they're interrelated, but how different is it? I mean, and, and the other part of the question maybe you can answer first is, why is the platform so stable now, at least apparently to us, versus what it used to be apparently to us? You know what I mean? They're, so they're, 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 un, they're two different questions, but they are related in some way. Sure. I think, I think the stability is, is down, you know, in large part to, um, you know, I have a, a great team and, um, you know, Zach, for example, has been with me since, you know, when you started. Oh, wow. And He's old, too. Um, Zach, you're getting old, man. <laughs> he's actually pretty young. He's, hey, hey. I, I, think, I think he was like 24 when he started. With oh, me Jesus. So. I got socks um, older. So... You know, there's been a lot of consistency in mm. the ScanPower team. That's okay. That's that, big. that's a big thing. Yeah. And and also, um, we've you know we've gone through an evolution from wanting to be bright and shiny and offer the most cutting edge data and the most cutting edge information so that people could make profitable buying choices to changing our mindset that yes we want to continue to innovate and certainly you know we, we've tried to do that over the last couple of years but just to change the focus to quality and try to optimize for being able to put out new features and oh, okay. do new things without breaking existing things so so you know on the engineering side we've really focused on you know, quality improvement, as well as optimizing everything we do so that if we need to add a new feature, if we need to change something, we can do it quickly, but also do it without breaking things. So it's, it's, is it, I mean, and this is Steve not really understanding, or, and IT used to work for me, so they would tell me all this stuff and I'd be like, all right, guys, I, kn I know fluff. Don't give me the fluff. Give me the real world. Is it because you built a strong structure and the structure is pretty, pretty complete and you're not those things don't really functionally change. It's just the the window dressings or the you know the flowers in the window. Is, is that kind of? Um, I'm trying to make an analogy there. Is that kind of work? Is that kind of fair? And then so so changing the flowers or changing the windows, it's not a big deal because the structure is basically it's steel and it's not going to get changed much. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good analogy. We have. You know, we have an infrastructure smarter, that, don't I? that I mean, runs in Amazon's cloud, hmm. oh, that and that helps. hasn't changed since we started, and that's one of the reasons we uh, were able to kind of grow as we did. That infrastructure has evolved and changed over the years, and now it's pretty, it's pretty steady. I mean, you know, I could go into some of the technologies we use, but it's not so important. It's really just the the technology stack, the infrastructure, all of that is fairly stable as well as you know consistent so right now you know we're not changing uh, if we do a deployment roll out some new features we're not changing um, any of the underlying hardware or software stack that we use the other thing the other side of that is the processes and you 
you know, I know are very good and uh, very well versed in how important processes are. And so the the part of that that's um, always evolving, but is is again steady and consistent is the processes we use for, you know, making sure that a customer's issue doesn't get lost, making sure um, it fl if it requires a change to the code that it flows through from the moment they open the ticket to the moment we fix it and deploy it and let them know that the change was made. So all of those processes have really been ironed out over the last, you know, five or six years. And I think it leads to greater stability. But having a consistent group of people, you know, also is is hugely important. That that's had to have been hard to keep those people. I mean, because you know people have dreams and you know want to advance and that kind of thing, and you worry about them getting stale. I mean, I worry about the uh, people that work with me here. How have you kept them interested? Because I think that's you know I'm sure there's monetary compensation, but how do they stay interested? Because to be honest, some of what you do is pretty boring, Paul. I mean, nothing <laughs> personal. Don't don't take it personal. But you're you're a nerd. I mean, and they're probably nerds. So how do how do you? Well, I think some of it starts with technology. Um, most, you know, developers or software engineers that I know are interested in staying, you know, not on the bleeding edge, but on the leading edge of technology. And there's a lot of ways that the industry, you know, open source software and cloud software has, cloud services have kind of, coalesced and, and gotten really powerful over the last couple of years and we have always been at the forefront of using you know new mm. cloud services um, not necessarily new software you know not not necessarily new applications but um, new technology within a given development stack like you know we use a lot of uh, JavaScript we use a lot of um, we, we use a relational database and the way that those are tied together, you know, by big companies from Facebook to Amazon to, you know, Google to Apple, you know, we, we make use of some of those technologies and I think that keeps people interested hmm. and giving people interested, giving people an opportunity to do new things and try new things. Um, you know, we, we can't afford to say spend 15% of your time you know, working in a laboratory and, and doing, you know, side projects, you know, that that's not, we're too small to support that, but we do let people experiment. We do let them try new technologies. And, and we also have to adopt new technologies just to stay relevant. And, and, and that, that means, okay, we, we created our mobile app and using these technologies five years ago, and they're starting to run out of steam or they're starting to create maintenance and, um, you know, support issues. We have to transition to something newer and better. And so there's that kind of continuous innovation and upgrading that just happens if you're, if you're involved and you're, you're staying in front of things like you need to. Well, I just think it's important um, because I'm sure they get distance from the customer, right? Um, because, you know, we're loners, typically. Uh, most Amazon sellers are loners, and then I'm sure most coders, I'm sure they don't all live in, you're in the north 
Northeast. Um, they don't all live by you, so you know I'm sure they're loners too, and so that's part of it. Um, I was thinking about this, and and, I, and this is not a slam another company, but I think this is a fair statement. I and and maybe my example is going to be too silly, but I liken you guys to Apple and Microsoft. I remember talking with Chris, and I remember, and it wasn't he wasn't critical. He just said, you know. Uh, another company, I won't mention my inventory lab, um, was um, the kind of one because they attracted so many, they're so much bigger, they attracted so many more sellers because they did a lot of bells and whistles and stuff and you guys were still the functional workhorse behind the scenes. And I think of the, I do think about my days of windows, like, I mean, we, and I was in from the newspaper business. So, you know, all us business people all used, uh, you know, PCs and Word and Excel and all that kind of jazz back in the day. And, and all our software ran on that. But our artists, the artists all use Macs. And, you know, when, when I would have to get over one, I'm, it's like, this is, this is foreign to me, but in their world, it was elaborate, right? They could do crazy cool things. You guys, are kind of the same thing. And I remember, and I told you this story, this is God's honest truth, um, we added RA Heavy back into our business. And so we've been using ScanPower forever. So my data is strong. I can close our books and I have, you know, I'm an accountant by trade, so I can get a good cost of goods. I always could. Um, it wasn't the prettiest thing, but it worked, right? It doesn't need to be pretty. And I used my own accounting system. And I remember what people were attracted to is because Inventory Lab has sort of an accounting system. And so we ran parallel, though, at the request of somebody. Somebody's like, Steve, it's going to be amazing. You're going you're gonna to do this. So I said, okay, try it. So I ran for like three months parallel, meaning that we would scan into ScanPower to do our listing, which was the best part of ScanPower to me, is it was hit a button, boom, put in the cost, put in all that jazz, and then boom, worked. And we did it. Then we would have to go and put it in Inventory Lab, which is a pain to do both, right? We literally physically did both. And at the end, I'd look at the reports, and I'm like, okay. And then I'd go into ScanPower, and I'd run the reports, and I'd be like, huh. Tells me exactly the same thing, maybe in a different format or whatever. And I'm like, okay, what's the data that I'm going to get? And so it's funny to me, this is Steve's observation, you guys caught up to them. And, and this isn't a criticism of them, because if somebody started with Inventory Lab, they would think it's the best thing in the world. And yes, I'm biased because Paul and Chris and I are friends, but it's, I've been using it forever, so it's like convenient. And if it ever didn't work, I just message and boom, you guys fixed it. So how, how, do, you, how do you catch up? Because is, is that a fair assessment? Is that, am I wrong when I say all that? I, I think it's a fair assessment. And I think that it would be, you know, it would be bad for us to ignore the, the gains that they made or the things that, that would, you know, have someone choose them over us. And, and we definitely had to focus on being better at inventory management and reporting hmm. and, and other things like that. And obviously um, keeping costs of goods sold is, is, it's not only important, it's just, it's just the, it's critical. That's that the business. Do. Yeah. yeah it, it's, it's the thing that you must do and it has to be accurate. And so, you know, we started, I guess it would have been, you know, 20, 2014, about the time um, that you were, you know, not only listing with us, but using the mobile app. And we started focusing on it and we knew that we needed to be different. We knew that we needed to um, go beyond what they had done in terms of 
you know, in ScanPower, you've always been able to track the cost of an item from any supplier kind of at an atomic level. So there was never a time when we would aggregate your cost of goods sold other than just showing it in a report where an average made sense. You know, every single quantity of every item you bought, wherever you sourced it, all of that was tracked from the very beginning. And, it, you know, it's under the hood. It's very complicated to do it that way. It's got to be. We made some mistakes and we um, had missteps and, and, and we had people that, you know, it took us a while to make them happy, but, you know, it just comes down to being extremely focused on, you know, doing the right things, prioritizing what we did and how we did it and, and keeping at it. I mean, you know, it's, it's not a, it's, 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 there's, there's no smoke or mirrors. It's really just listening to people's needs and then translating that into something that works for, you know, not only new people coming on our platform, but, people who've been with us for a long time and you know not to change the subject at all but I mean that's the hardest part I think yeah, about having a, a business where you really do have everyone is a returning customer and everyone is a is a current customer and every month at, right they vote for you when they make a payment to you you get votes it, yeah and so at no time um, hmm. can you ignore their needs and and if you do, you know, they'll vote, they'll vote by moving to a different platform. And so the biggest challenge for me has always been, you know, working very hard to try to keep everyone happy who has been, you know, who's an existing ScanPower customer while attracting new ones and while building out, you know, our different products in ways that worked best. So, um, yeah, I mean... We, we've always kind of surpassed them on the quality of our data and the, the number of ways that we kind of streamline getting access to to data that isn't easy to get. Well, let me ask you a question. There. I don't want to lose places. that. Stay right there. Is that a lesson that we could take forward like and apply it to our business? Because you guys paid attention to what was really important, right? The bells and whistles are cute, but that – that underlying thing, is that the lesson that you see the best sellers do is that they stay so focused on that, what's really important and, and not get caught up in the other stuff for a long period of time. When you look back at the successful sellers, because I want to I want to bring that to people who are listening, how they can apply that in their business. Is that something you would suggest, Paul? Do you get what I mean? I do. And, and I think, you know, when I just think about some of the sellers that I know and, and talk to on a daily basis, um, they're always open to bringing new things to the mix and they're, and they're always open to experiment, but they never lose their focus on the mm. things that are the bread and butter of the business. And they're always improving those, those parts of the business. So it's, it, it's, it's what you say in spades, but it's also, being open to changing a process. If, if, you know, we have sellers that are always tweaking the small ways that they do things in order to gain improvements. And half the time they're, they're just riffing off of what they've heard from other sellers. And so it's that, you know, it's that kind of virtuous cycle of talking to people, 
best practices, continuous improvement, and experimenting with new things. Well, but it's what you just described, how why scan power has been so stable. So again, that so <laughs> let's, let's make it make sense, is that if your business, I love that, uh, don't lose your bread and butter focus. That's your title of this episode because I love it. It's so smart because it, it's true. If you have a structure, don't change the structure. Adjust. Small, continuous improvements over time give you those results, right? But you're not messing with your, your formal structure. Just keep fine-tuning it. And I just think that's such sound advice. And again, you guys have been doing this for 10 years. The business is so different today than it was a year ago, for God's sake, let alone 10 years ago. And that's why, you know, when I'm endorsing somebody, I'm looking at it that way. I'm like, look, over time, in my six years, six-plus years I've been with you guys, over time, it's been good 99.9998% of the time. There are a couple times, Paul, it stinks, right? And that's when <laughs> the East Coast internet went down or what? I mean, it's stupid. I mean, life happens, right? Uh, or our but database 90, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, but for 99.9998, that's, that's better than my bathroom uh, plumbing situation that they're always dealing with. You know what I mean? It's funny, you put it in perspective. When that second, it was, oh, it's devastating. Consistency over time and not making big changes. Oh, I love it, love it, love it. All right, so I want to make sure I get this into... Best practices, you know, I kind of ask you to come up with three action steps because I think about you see and you talk to some pretty successful sellers for long periods of time. You know, we're moderately successful seller um, and we're, we'll have our best year this year. Um, and we've been selling for a long, long time, but we're peanuts compared when you look at some of the, even just at the unconference, some of those people that were there. Um, what What are you seeing or what are you hearing that others could pay attention to, and maybe they're just not out there in the public as much as you or I am? I think the first thing I would say, Stephen, is in order to really thrive in this business, you have to be comfortable scaling. And so, you know, we've worked with a bunch of sellers in the past couple of years to help them you know, and, and we're only a small piece of it, but to help them safely scale. And so um, I would say the first actionable step is to, if you're doing it by yourself and you're wanting to increase, you know, your revenue and sell more, think about hiring someone. Mm -hmm. Think about hiring someone to source for you. Think about Think about hiring someone to do the things that you may be good at, but they're not going to bring as much value as if you went out and did the most important thing for the business. It's so smart, and you can and you can apply that in everything in your bookkeeping and your tax. I don't do my own taxes; can't do it. I, I I have an accounting degree, and I I guess I could. I'm not interested, and there are people that that's what they do. So why not do it? We have a good example, and I'm going to give you a really good example. We have uh, we're doing rework for a client, and we are inundated because of what's going on out there, and we can talk about that in a second. But I put somebody on that one job to do the rework and didn't get them interrupted in customer services, what, what we also do, they banged out so much more, Paul, than we could ever get done because you'd start something and you'd get interrupted, right? That kind of thing. They were so, they oh, yeah. did days and days. And it was like, man, why didn't I do this right from day one? I literally am thinking to myself, because they were like, oh, we can bring him over to help. No, no. Leave him there, let him do it. And at the end of the day, and <laughs> I feel like such an idiot because it's like, I know this stuff. 
but I don't practice it sometimes, you know, maybe it's, I'm out of corporate for so long, I forget it, you know? So that's really, really sound advice. Hire someone and let them do their job. Love it. All right. I'm going to ask you for another one. I think the second thing I would say, and, and this is true of every successful seller that I know, is give back you know, either to the selling community or you know, somewhere else in your life and, and, and take that experience and apply it to, you know, to, apply it to your, your store, to your selling. So your, it's the feeling that they get when they give. And you can, I always say when I see somebody else, the lights go on in somebody else's eye, eyes, it gives me energy because it's like, oh my God, I just helped them solve a problem. And I have no idea. Like it was that, it, to me, it was easy. But to them, it was like, but their lights go on. And then you get a feeling, right? And so you're saying to apply that, how do you, how do you suggest to apply that, that good feeling, that good motivation? What is it? I think it could be more specific. Hmm. Um, and I'll just give you a quick example. Um, we've been living in the Portland, Maine area for uh, a few years. And um, I just, you know, I spent a lot of time kind of running scan power and not getting out and, and so I decided to start volunteering with the local SCORE office. And SCORE is an organization that's kind of created through the Small Business Administration and funded a little bit by them, but it's a completely volunteer, nonprofit organization that helps small businesses. And so I knew it was going to be, you know, some training, some time to invest, to get involved with the local SCORE chapter, but I'd heard good things about them. And I knew that I'm always passionate about small businesses. And, you know, I know after running one for 10 years that there's probably some things that I could could um, help people with. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm in the early stages of this, but the, the things that I'm gaining by giving my time and, and trying to help other small businesses is, you know, there's a ton of just actionable things that, come right off the top, which is, for example, you know, knowing that someone uses different uh, services and companies locally to solve their own problems, you're going to get, you know, you're, you're going to get their best practices um, mm. just through your discussions and not that you're taking them. You're just, you know, it's, it's, it's expanding your network. It's expanding uh, the ways that you think about business because, you know, I'm excited to deal with people who aren't selling online. I'm also excited to help anyone who's thinking about Amazon or has a product that they're wanting to put on Amazon. But, um, you know, you're inevitably going to get out of your comfort zone and then you're going to hear, you know, again, best practices and ways people's, you know, their bread and butter and you're going to apply it to your own. No so it's kidding. Oh, that's so smart. So smart. And you're learning those, th back to your funeral director guy, right? He's teaching you things that have nothing to do with scan power, yet have everything to do with scan power, right? I mean, it's logical when you say it that way. I mean, it completely is. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, I, I like to think of it like, you know, you're just creating new, new pathways to knowledge that hopefully, you know, informs what you're doing and helps you grow, not just as a 
you know, not just for business reasons, but as a person and, and whatnot. So improve um, your pathways. I love it. I mean, it really is because you never know what's going to come from that conversation. Has it, has it like, I mean, this has had to happen to you when you're out there talking to people, have you realized how small the world is and how connected it is? And all of a sudden you realize, wait a second, you know, we're in, we're into something together in some ways, or we cross in, in, in this way that you never would have thought you were connected to them. Oh, absolutely. But that's mind blowing, um, right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, thanks to the internet, we, you know, we now have a chance to see how, how much that's true and how, how little, uh, there is about us that isn't common, you know, <laughs> like you said, there's so much we have in common. And while, you know, anytime the conversation gets to politics or to, you know, strongly held beliefs, you know, we're not all going to agree and we're not all going to, um, you know, we're not going to see eye to eye on many things, but at the end of the day, you meet, you meet people and you just realize they love their families. They're good friends to, to the people that they love. They're, they're caring individuals. They have their challenges. They have different backgrounds. And yeah, I mean, I love that about this business because, you know, the, the, the range of sellers, the range of people that are involved with e-commerce, it's, it's, it's just a cross section, right? It's just, it's the, the cross section of the world that, um, we all know is there, but it, when it's right there in front of you and you're talking with someone and you realize, even though they come from this, you know, completely different background, completely different geography, you know, all, here's all the things we have in common. And and then you yeah. start from there, and then you build from there. I mean, to me, that's the approach. My wife's really coaching me a lot because I get a little, I'm one of those angry drivers. I'm always like, why are you turning in front of me? And I literally talk to the windshield. They laugh at me because I'm, the, I'm that guy who talks like, why are you turning? Why are you doing this, right? And she goes, you don't know what's going on in their life. I mean, who knows? They could be going through blah, blah, blah. They could have just found out something. And then I'm like, oh, now I feel like crap. But it's true. Um, if you do get to that common place, you can go so much further. So let's go to number three, because I think, you know, again, I think you're in a different position than most because you're not a seller anymore. You're, or maybe you still have a little bit of an account that you guys mess with, but generally speaking, that's not your, your business. This is your business. Um, yet you see so much variety. It must blow your mind, especially like people like us who've been with you for a long time. You've seen the highs and the lows and the lows and then the highs, you know, um, can you give us one more that somebody can take that you've seen that's been really helpful to people? I think I'm going to answer this with something that comes from the present, but I Mm. think you can apply it in the future as well. I mean, we've got a situation now where we're, you know, just declared the, you know, COVID-19 a, pandemic, a global pandemic, and there's a ton of fear out there about how it's going to impact, you know, people's parents, people's children, um, schools are closing, um, we're, we're told to keep all this social distancing and practice things that we haven't had to do in a long time, and and people are talking about, oh, you you got to flatten the curve of this 
of this virus, meaning, you know, on the on the y-axis running across the middle is the capacity of hospitals and the healthcare system to deal with the number of cases, and then um, also on the y-axis is the number of cases that are developing and the time it takes for those to, you know, kind of go through the system. And so all of these, you know, kind of draconian steps we're taking right now to not transmit it are all about flattening that initial curve, like keep it under the the level of the the systems that we have and especially the healthcare system to deal with it. And so you've probably seen these graphs or heard of heard that terminology. Um, I think I would use that in more of an economic sense. I would say think about ways that we as you know Amazon sellers and and people in the Amazon ecosystem can flatten the curve. Um, because the economic impacts of this virus are going to be, you know, almost as bad as as the, the health impacts. And so I would say, you know, think about ways that we can buy products and services now from, you know, people that we care about, people that we want to help oh. and we know that we can help by doing that. And and don't panic and don't hoard and and don't don't create you know, an economic spike that is just as extreme or an economic valley that's just as extreme as what we're experiencing on the, the contagion side of it. You know, think, think about how we can be part of the economic solution as well and, and help others who are going to be impacted by it. And if we flatten that curve, then whatever comes next, whether it's a recession or a, you know, or just a downturn is, is going to be softened because of that. And and to be honest with you, again, you're back to that really um, when you get you're giving back, and again, you get the reward, right? Every time you give, you get. You're not asking to get; it just magically happens. And so, by helping others, you're going to get helped in the long run. And you know what's odd is a recession in our world might be good because people are pushed to move more towards other methods to buy, and we're in the growing part of the economy still at this point, and so. Could be good, and I'm not wishing it upon anybody, of course not, but still, it's a reality. Um, how, how big is, I mean, almost to the end, I just want to make sure I get this. How big is your to-do list now? <laughs> I mean, now, does it, I mean, I'm sure, you know, way back it was enormous, and now you're most, I mean, maybe, let me ask it this way, a better way. Instead of being how many, how, how big is your to-do new list rather than to-do better list, right? You got stuff that you want to fix and you always want to sharpen the pencil a little bit more, but brand new things. Maybe that's a, a better distinction that I'm looking for. <laughs> well, I'm glad you made that distinction because I, I tell everyone that there's, there's always, there, there always has been, and there always are at least 400 items on my to-do <laughs> oh, list. Oh my God. Well, that's not <laughs> um, healthy. I, can, I can't sleep as it is. If I had to worry about 400 items, I would, I would uh, dwell on them all night long. Just grind but that's out. more of a technical thing where you know we always have 400 open issues okay. and, and not all of them not all of them are going to raise to the level of getting fixed today or or this week um, and and always you know there's there's new things coming in to replace the old ones and but on on my uh, kind of new to do list there's probably about five things and. I try to limit that list to things I want to 
scan power to accomplish this year, and you know some of them take you know many months to carry out. But I kind it's, of believe in make, making to do lists um, daily, of course, but really keeping an eye on the ones that are going to serve you well in a year. It's like attainable. I imagine what I was thinking is that way back in the day, you had you probably did have four or five hundred that were real urgent and actionable, like you needed to do. And and now, I mean, again, that's a maturity though, right? I mean, maybe the other thing that I would say about skin power is you guys have been pretty comfortable where you are um, in your own skin. You know, and I think back to Chris saying, you know, hey, we're not the best or whatever. We don't suit everybody. Um, and the only reason I'm bringing him up is because I've talked to him way more on the show than I have you, obviously, because it's been five years. But it, it's just one of those things that you guys seem pretty comfortable, like the turtle, going along, just plodding along, <laughs> you know, and just doing the work and putting your head down and doing the work for all that time. And look at how cool it is that it's paid off or how cool it is that you fit right in. And maybe that's another thing to think about. You fit right in at that conference. You weren't some vendor who... You were just a guy sitting on the couch talking to friends, Paul, like real friends. Kind of cool. Yeah, and I won't say that that's um, something new in, in business, no. but, but but it is something that... I'd say it's different than most. It is different. And and in, and in, again, it's a, a thing that I'm really thankful for that... You know, but you earned it, though. It, it just don't... I mean, I don't want to downplay it. You're being humble about it, but... You know, you could be one of the, you know, you're not, you couldn't be, but, you know, I got to be careful how I say this. There are people that could be that way, that, you know, are a little cocky and this and that. That humbleness, that that approachability is special. And I, you know, again, I'll say that's why I'm going to endorse you because in the six years, you have not lost it. In the six years, and I always tell people because Chris Green is kind of a star, especially you know back when he was writing books and all that kind of jazz. People are like, oh, there's Chris Green. I'm like, go talk to him. I'm like, they're like, oh no. I'm like, if you bring him a beer, he'll talk to you for hours. And it's <laughs> funny that approachability, Paul. You can't lose that because to me, that's what makes you guys so special. And uh, and it's it's paid off for you. So it's well deserved. I know it's humbling, and you're humbled. You're even humble to say it, but it's the truth. I mean, I, to me, that's very, very cool. I hope to ever get 10% of that from you guys. Just that would be so cool for me. Well, I appreciate it, Stephen. It, it's, you know, it's like you said, you got to be comfortable in your skin. And, um, you know, we are who we are. I love it. I'm going to end it there. So um, I have a special offer from Paul. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it off and I'm going to record it separately. So I'll, I'll inject it afterwards. Um and I'm so proud to endorse you guys. I'm, it's like a, it, it very few that I have, um, but I'm in, I'm proud of it. You know, to me, again, I look for consistency over time. The six years, the six plus years, Paul, you've earned it. Um, so, you know, the next six, I expect a little better. Uh, <laughs> but it's really exciting for me, and it's just really cool to see the turtle wins every single time and it's just so cool so i wish you nothing but the best um and um i really thank you for taking the time and again thank you from us out here who've been doing this for a long time and you cared to help us and that's a big deal in my world so thank you well thank you Stephen. let's not wait five more years to talk again we'll do take care
Thanks for listening to the e-commerce momentum podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.